Hi and welcome to the Workplace Podcast with me, your host, Rowan Hammond. The Workplace Podcast explores all angles of today's workplace and the role it plays for organisations with world-class experts in their field. Today I was joined by David Burton, co-founder of new portfolio and transaction management tech platform, Vault. David shared the depth of his global experience, what workplace problems he encountered along the way and why Vault fills a gap in today's corporate real estate world. I really enjoyed hearing about how his PropTech platform is gearing for big things and what value it can add to both occupiers and landlords of commercial real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Workplace Podcast. Hi, David. Welcome to the Workplace Podcast. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. We always love to start to learn a little bit about the people we have on this show. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your company? Sure. So I'm the co-founder of Vault. Vault is a digital platform supporting and planning tool supporting corporate occupiers, landlords and advisors to the commercial property industry. I guess Vault is a combination of my sort of 25 years plus experience in the uh, in the global real estate market. So, you know, I just felt that after having worked on sort of, I guess, all continents around the globe, I sort of owed it to myself to sort of start to look at the lessons I've learnt and how we can sort of start to transform some of the sort of what I would sort of call very traditional sort of real estate processes and bring it into a, I guess, you know, bring it into the real world, mm. which is how vaults, vaults evolved. And you have a, you've had an amazing history. I know that you spent a bit of time overseas, but also that you've come back and you're heading up there proper, uh, Pepper, TR, yeah. there for a while. Tell us a little bit about that history. Yeah, so born in Auckland, New Zealand, and I guess like any sort of, you know, Kiwi always got itchy feet, so uh, in my early 20s, disappeared to the US after I had qualified as a cadastral land surveyor, then went into practice there in the US as well, then on to the UK, where I sort of got more into commercial property, commercial development in in London, which was a fun ride. I'll bet. And in some respects, it sort of set the scene for for my subsequent career and what I'm doing now. From there, I went out to Eastern Europe, doing similar sort of thing, but morphed more into working with you know, some huge emerging, emerging markets there in terms of, you know, commercial real estate development. Got pretty tired of the sort of cold winters there and then was drawn back to New Zealand for a period, a very short period, upon which I was approached to then go and run a, a Southeast, Southeast Asian business, which was a New Zealand business, and, and basically sort of supporting corporate occupiers, strategy, design, construction, and sort of Southeast Asian markets. And from there, we, we sold that business, I think, in about the late 90s. And from there, it was Australia. And, and Sydney's been home ever since. Wow. And where were you in Eastern Europe? That sounds fascinating. In, I was actually in Dresden. In, Dresden, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Leipzig wow. and Berlin. Wow. All around Germany. So it was a fun, it was an awesome time to be there. I'll bet. And something we might not know about you or share a little interesting story. You got any sort of interesting anecdotes? That's a, a very rich history you have. Wow. I just, I think... I come back to the Kiwi thing and I think it's adventurous spirit. I guess I've always looked at sort of jumping through open doors, you know, where there's an opportunity, leap at it and just make of it what you will. Again, you know, a sort of preface to what I'm doing now is is there's an opportunity that we saw, we backed ourselves and, you know, we're seeing the results of that, those endeavours. Fantastic. And of course, Vault. Um, Vault's a uh, newcomer on the prop tech market and making noises in a lot of great spaces. So tell us a little bit about the product itself. Yeah, sure. So after I got out of the, the, the corporate world, we or actually when we were in the corporate world, we, we were advising a lot of typically Australian-based clients on their global property strategy. So what I did with Pepper is set up, grew, grew the business from what was um, a very strong 
uh, franchise in, in the Australian national market. And then we opened offices in the US, Asia, and the UK supporting Europe. What we found is that we were looking for a platform to sort of support all of our clients in terms of basically summarising their strategy, key lease events, et cetera, which is a very manual process. We looked sort of high and low through the market, couldn't find anything. There was very little appetite to invest in building our own tech. Um, so it was quite a sort of frustrating process and, and probably more so for the clients because, you know, you're producing these these strategies or reports and they're effectively out of date by the time they hit the desk. So mm. what we sort of set out to do with Vault was basically track commercial lease events uh, on behalf of our clients, track their, their business events as well, but also ingest a whole bunch of data from, you know, macro level commercial real estate data, supply and demand through to mobility data, workplace data, effectively just supporting either an organization and ascertaining how their property is performing for the aspirations of the business, but importantly, looking at where their next steps are and how they basically look to plan in the future using that data. Mm. And of course, the platform doesn't just look at you know leases and, and looking at the information across those, but it also is looking at potential searches and you've got some interesting features that you're doing prop- a raise for at the moment. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, I mentioned the, the, the original um, focus was on occupiers. We There's a natural application to landlords. So we're now working with a couple of the tier one landlords in terms of solving some of the issues they've got. And then the obvious next step from there, which we've just patented the process is is connecting the two via a sort of digital transaction, Mm. which basically just takes the human error out of the whole process. There's an agnostic overview. It does all the modeling within the the system. So it just takes all the manual, I guess, um, opacity out of it. And and you mentioned there that you're working on uh, tier one landlords and some of their problems. Could you share with us what some of those problems were? Yeah, I mean, as you can can imagine, you know, it's it's a market that is in a state of flux at the moment. You know, whilst the narrative may well be that, you know, landlords have got this sort of income shored up for for the foreseeable future, you know, that's certainly not the case. You know, as you've probably seen with your clients, and certainly with ours, you know, that everything's under review at the moment. My personal view is that, you know, we've seen all the layoffs in the US, you know, we will, we will see the winds of that in Australia as well over time. I don't think Australian corporates have really had to look at costs at the moment, but that'll come. And that's when I think, you know, a lot of these organisations, if they haven't done so already, they'll be starting to scrutinise their real estate costs. Mm-hmm. And landlords can see that coming, mm-hmm. whether it's via sublease or opportunities at lease end or, or other, other mechanisms they have within the lease. And how does Vault come in at that point? How does Vault help them? Basically just looking at, you know, when is the appropriate time to be to be pulling some of these levers. You know, I think a lot of organisations have fantastic leases. They pay a lot of money to uh, consultants to, to negotiate these fantastic leases for them, but they just sit in the bottom drawer mm. and never seeing the light of day. So what Vault does is really starts to bring all these opportunities to the fore, looks at, you know, when are the ideal times to be engaging with the market, And importantly, from a workplace perspective, whilst we don't get down into the sort of micro level workplace, there's a lot of tools that are available to do that, which we we do interface with, but Mm. it's providing organisations, you know, the oversight and identifying, you know, the right times to be engaging. Mm. And tell us a little bit about Vault and why why is it different to other products in the market? I heard you say that you haven't really seen anything else out there but how is it different? Yeah, what we saw, I think it's probably sort of 2016 onwards with the with the sort of IFRS 16 legislation that came into play or regulations, accounting regulations, 
there's a plethora of systems which emerge. So there's a lot of them around, you know, lease accounting treatments. There's a lot of them around lease administration. But there is no particular system that we've seen in Australia which sort of focuses more on the actual planning, aggregation of data, and also providing those, importantly, providing those insights in terms of, you know, when are the best leverage points mm. to get the best opportunity. And tell us a little bit some some of the themes or strategies that some of your clients are considering when they come to you. You know, in talking to some other tech providers, they often say, well, they come seeking solutions, but they go away with features and, and benefits, focusing on those things. They're sort of focusing on the wrong things. Are you seeing the same type of approach? Yeah, they, they, they do want the benefits. What, what we're seeing is that when clients, you know, upload what they have, you know, come back to the lease in the bottom drawer, you know, they were only aware of sort of certain aspects of it. And, you know, once they've actually, our clients don't have to have us plugged in. So we typically would not see the data that's sitting within Vault. You know, we can only see it at an aggregate level, but a lot of them do actually prefer to have us sort of plugged in. And mm -hmm. the amount of feedback that we've had that, you know, as soon as all the data's uploaded and all the sort of key lease events, there's a lot of stuff that they just had no idea of mm -hmm. or, you know, points of leverage, which they can now utilize. Yeah. And what are, what are the problems that they're looking to solve by coming to you guys? Are they, they're sort of thinking that, well, oh, geez, I don't have anywhere to you know, hold this lease or what are they looking to solve? Um, a combination think? of things. You'd be amazed how many leases or lease events, synopsis, call it what you will, is actually sitting on Excel spreadsheets. You know, so that, again, it, it's the time to sort of extract that information if it's, if it's the right information in the first place. Outlook, some of it's outsourced or some of it's a cost basis or they might be sort of disenchanted with sort of current services in terms of you know they'll, they'll have it outsourced but there's really not a sort of proactive solution wrapped around that mm. it's all very reactionary and again it's it's reliant on human behavior so what what we do is we bring all those sort of lease events to life the clients then have an option to sort of wrap a plan around those so we look at it in a couple of different tiers you know right right down at the grassroots property level to sort of portfolio level and then a sort of c-suite dashboards as well so they can start to see when they need to be making those decisions mm. and who's to pick your client is it a, a, a chief property officer or cfo or who typically is sort of engaging with so you from an from an occupier side and really what we 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 looked at our sort of existing client base which was typically that sort of cfo level head of property head of workplace obviously on the landlord side, asset manager you know right up to sort of fund fund manager leasing manager but all those different tiers, you know, in terms of, I, th I think it's property now is getting much more focused at the sort of C-suite level. So I would even go as far as to say, you know, one of our clients has um, their chief sustainability officer with access to it. And obviously people and culture is a big, big one as well. Mm. And of course, we've been through a very disruptive period of COVID over the last few years, still somewhat hanging around us, looming over us, ready to strike at any point again. But how do you think that period is somewhat either attracted customers to you or, or, or changed what you do? I'll be honest, COVID's been a little bit of a tailwind for us. You know, we developed, we started to develop the product just prior to, to COVID and it was for our own use. We just, we just wanted to differentiate ourselves from others in the market and, and, you know, have a digital product to back ourselves up. We pretty quickly realized that that could be commercialized. Mm. So, you know, we, we, I guess, had the, had the confidence to, to, to push ahead and complete that build, which we, we finished the first phase of it about this time last year. So I think, you know, one of the, the tailwinds I guess we had is that uncertainty in terms of just be it tenants or landlords just looking for solutions, looking for answers in terms of, you know, the obvious problem that we mm. we have now and will continue to have for some mm. foreseeable future. 
And, and of course, David, you're very experienced in the property industry, um, as you had said before, but you're also committee at uh, Cornet. So I'm interested in your personal opinion on what effects you know, COVID has had. Obviously, you've got your own business, but moreover, what do you think has somewhat changed through that, what I would say, you know, an accelerator of our, our technology and industry? If we just look at, the, there's, I guess, the technology, hardware and software, right? So I think, you know, one of the things I would say is that, and we've always said to clients, there's no one size fits all. So I don't think, you know, post-pandemic, you're in, we're in any sort of different scenario to what we were. You know, you can't just take a cookie cutter and say, well, this is the workplace strategy for a financial services firm and apply it to another financial services firm or healthcare. It just doesn't work that way. So everyone's different as, a, you know, people are different too. Mm. I've run global teams before. We've had to use tech to, to basically communicate. You know, we didn't have the luxury of being in the same room all the time, let alone, you know, twice a year. So we've just had to use technology to communicate, to strategize, and you know we've we've just had to you know obviously now all adopt that, even in, in country and in city, sometimes in, in suburb. I think more on the on the software side. I think there's so much available. You know, probably saw 2021. You know, was the highest investment in prop tech. You know, massive, massive multiples on the year before i mean that's now sort of come off and we're getting to more sort of realistic levels so i think there'll be a consolidation there but there's a plethora of a as i've touched on before sort of lease accounting systems b you know booking systems space monitoring systems Mm -hmm. they're all different and it comes down to you know what the organization is sort of seeking to achieve and how do clients make sense of that i mean there's so many out there i think it's it's it comes back to and this is the one thing I always say in business, I always say in property, is, is get your strategy right, determine what you want, what you need, and then assess it on that on that basis. Good advice. Because otherwise I think you can just chase shadows and keep running after the next big thing, mm-hmm. and then, um, or the next small thing, and then you'll find one of the majors come out and just bolt it onto one of their existing products. Talking about strategy, what a great uh, segue. What's yours looking ahead for the next couple of years? So for us, it's to continue to support our clients in Australia. As I mentioned, you know, digital leasing platform is a big one for us this year. We've now got the, the tenant portal complete operational. We've now got the landlord portal complete, running through pilots with landlords at the moment. So for us, it's, the, it's to continue to enhance those. I mean, one of the things I've really loved about building Vault and particularly going through this sort of pilot phase and onboarding phase is just to understand you know some of the unique problems that our clients have and then obviously you know put put those we've got our own sort of quarterly plans in terms of builds or development and then i guess you know put those in a consolidated bucket and go well okay what's what's next that sort of feeds into the pipeline that needs to be done but we just sort of see it as a continuous evolution i mean we've got to be careful we don't you know run down sort of black holes but you know for the for the most part this year set there's a little bit of flex within that but it's listening to our clients in terms of from from where after that mm. so there's enough customization in the platform to sort of tweak it for clients yep as, as they go yep great and also you know it's also just listening to them you know we 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 built it on the basis of what we knew about our clients you know every client's different every you know obviously what we're looking to do is to get into to alternative sectors as well there's a natural sort of application for retail logistics and obviously potentially build to rent thereafter mm. so it's you know it's just keep 
keep pushing forward on that trajectory. I was going to ask about industry verticals. So you took the, the question right out of my mouth, but what are the, the main ones you see? Is it, what, anything in education or um, you mentioned logistics and retail? For us, probably thereafter, you know, we're already, we're already outside of Australia. So I think for us, it's, it's focusing on those core for the moment and then looking at probably expanding thereafter in sort of, sort of Asian, US, European, yep. UK markets. Yep. And do you have customers over in those locations? We have Australia? Australian customers are, are there. And, yep. the, and the platform's been engineered in such a way that it's very flexible in terms of multiple currencies, yep. obviously units of measurement, et cetera. Yep. So we build it with that, that purpose in mind. And of course, there's different lease requirements overseas. How do you deal with all those different regulatory requirements as well? Well, less, less so regulatory, but more just around, you know, making sure you've got the functionality built in in terms of the currency conversions and, and things like that. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, clients just don't want things reported. You know, I made a fundamental flaw years ago, just assuming that a client wanted stuff reported in AUD, but they were a, a Swiss bank. So it was, you know, at the time, Swissies. So, you know, we've, we've built it with that in mind in terms of catering for all those different... There'll be stuff that we, we're not across and we can adapt it to suit that, but for, for the most part, we've, we're across mm. it. And you must, of course, see a lot of other businesses or tech businesses out there that you go, oh, we could do that or we could do that. What's of interest for you? What's the future, do you think, that, that you'd like to somewhat coordinate or consolidate within your group? I think ESG is a big one. We'd love to focus on we're just touching on it at the moment but i think it's a it's a big issue mm -hmm. and you know obviously we all know the stats with with global property you know and the emissions so it's it's low-hanging fruit mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. how do you think you might um, look to bring that within the business i think it's more about tracking both from a landlord's perspective both at an asset and fund level in terms of how they you know what their esg strategies are how they're delivering and how that can feed into you know corporate history strategies yeah interesting what's over the horizon what are the success sort of metrics that you're looking at you know down the track that you think yes we've made it we've done it i'm happy look in a startup you're sort of really looking at things on a week by week basis but i think <laughs> for us for you know 20 2022 i think was great in terms of getting through the pilot for us this year is going to be continuing the progress with with landlords starting to support them in terms of you know what or identifying sort of more holistically what tenants are, are wanting so they can start to sort of predict their occupancy levels yep. a bit more accurately. And I think for, our, for me personally, just given I have that, I've always had that global reach, that global curiosity, I think is, is, is bringing on that sort of international scale. Fantastic. And you touched a little bit on occupancy levels there. Do you think that's one of the major themes that tenants are really grappling with at the moment or, or even last year coming into this year? Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's how it, the, the the key is going to be how do you define occupancy levels? You know, historically, what did you measure? You measured your probably you know your rent per square meter, maybe your density, and your your occupancy levels. Mm. Um, if you even did that, you know, I think that there's going to be a whole level new level of metrics that we're going to need to look at mm. in terms of how we we occupy. There's a there's a lot of people out there, of course, that say the office is now irrelevant because of what we've gone through with you know working remotely and so on and so forth. Have any thoughts around that? Look, I, I disagree. I think there'll always be a need for an for an office. I think, you know, there's a lot of other offerings out there, you know, co-working, third spaces, call it what you will. I think there's a place for those, but I always think there'll be a place for the office. And I think it comes back to how you use that office and how you use it to sort of, I guess, imbue your culture. Because at the end of the day, you know, you need I think you need something sticky for your 
your team, whether they elect to work remote, you know, you need some sort of nucleus to bring people together. Mm. And any advice for those people that are feeling a little bit lost through that sort of COVID period? Because obviously they're reading so much out there. There's so much material. We're talking about it a lot. It's quite easy to get lost in the noise. Any yeah, look, uh, the one caveat here is I'm not a workplace specialist. I, I prefer to focus on the strategy, but, but you know, one of my co-founders is focused on the workplace. But the one thing I would say is that, you know, be prepared to experiment. Just, just take a few risks and experiment. Just try things out. Mm. I think another observation I would make is that I think, you know, probably a decade ago, we were seen in Australia as being a little bit maverick, willing to take some chances. And I think as a result of that, we had some pretty cool workplaces delivered to the extent that, you know, they got global exposure. And I think we've lost our way a little bit. Maybe we're too sort of beholden to our, you know, US or UK or, or Asia sort of headquarters. So I think we just need to perhaps push the boundaries a little bit more hmm. or get back to pushing the boundaries a little bit more. Great advice. Talking about great advice, anything that you could share with us? Last piece of advice that, you know, either you've found really interesting or you'd like to share? Look, I think been lots of it over the years. Some of it I've listened to, some of it I haven't. And I know that, you know, the advice that I have, you know, it, it stood me in good stead. But probably one thing I would share that my late father shared with me, which is, and pretty early on in my career, was don't let your work define you. So I think that's probably, if I look back on it, it's probably, you know, how I started to, to shape Vault in terms of just, I guess, just you know, really looking at sort of, if, if it can't be done in the corporate world or no one was sort of willing to do it, just give it a crack, but also importantly, have a bit of fun along the way. And we've certainly had that. <laughs> David Burton, it's been great having you on the Workplace Podcast today. Great listening to your story and of course, the introduction of Vault. Great new prop tech business coming through. Thanks, Thanks for Ron. Thanks us. for having me.